Hey there, my name is Mei Ling. I'm a certified life coach and trauma-trained practitioner. And welcome to my podcast, Finding Freedom in the Hologram. Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 10 of season 4. However, don't fret, because I already know there will be a bonus episode that I'm going to record next week. (laughs) Yes, it came to me earlier this week and I was thinking, I have more to say. There's more value that I can give you all and I need to record that episode. So yes, I will. It will be a bonus episode rather than episode 11 and that will come to you same time next week. And it also fits very nicely because it fits in the theme of the letter S. Now, back to this week though. The letter S is bringing you the topic of scary exciting. Now, I'm pretty sure that most of you know what I mean. You know that feeling that you get. The idea of the prospect of doing something feels super exciting for you. But at the same time, oops, it's scary. (laughs) It requires you to do something different where it stretches you and there's a little bit of you that has to get out of your comfort zone. The exciting part is when your soul jumps up and goes, oh goody, that would be so cool. Wouldn't it be so cool? Whereas the scary part comes because your brain comes in and it goes, gulp, Uh (laughs) uh-oh. What does this mean for our survival? Now, what exactly is going on in your brain while you're having these thoughts, while you're having these emotions? There is a thing called the amygdala. It's an almond-shaped structure in your brain and it lights up. You can actually see in scans, the activity increases when you are either feeling fear or excitement. Either or, the amygdala lights up. It cannot tell the difference. So what is the difference? The difference is the story that you tell yourself in your head. When you think, I don't think I can do this, and you start thinking of all the worst case scenarios, the thousand and one reasons why you shouldn't do it, and you think to yourself, what if I fail? For example, when it comes to certain things like, ooh, I think I want to try bungee jumping or skydiving. Now, these two things come with actual physical risk. And so what is the worst case scenario? What happens when you fail, when the experiment fails? Failure in this case equals death. On the other hand, when your amygdala lights up due to excitement, your brain normally goes, that would be so glorious. Wouldn't it be so cool? Examples would be, wouldn't it be so cool if I invented this thing that will solve this problem and it actually made me money and helped millions of people around the world? Or wouldn't it be so cool to be able to do this successfully and quit my 9 to 5 job and actually trade full time or dedicate myself to my own business full time and work for myself? I'm going to be my own boss. So this is what it means to feel that scary, exciting feeling, that emotion. Now, I've recently started reading a book called Arctic Dreams by Barry Lopez. And I've heard about this author through Tim Ferriss, who's the guy that wrote The 4-Hour Workweek. And Tim Ferriss has actually mentioned this author several times, saying that he writes very beautifully. And I have to agree. I just started on this book, but... 
the prose, the way he describes things. And I can tell because he's a fellow traveler. In this particular case, he traveled to the Canadian Arctic. And I've been to Greenland. So being able to read those words to describe exactly the feeling I got when I was in Greenland, I'm like, wow, this author is really something. And I want to read a certain passage, a paragraph that I came across that actually fit in this theme so nicely this week. So he was writing about Eskimos and he said that the Eskimos regarded the whalers, the people who hunted whales, with a mixture of Ilira and Kapia. And I'm really hoping that I'm getting the pronunciation right. <laughs> Ilira is the fear that accompanies awe, whereas Kapia is the fear in the face of unpredictable violence. So Ilira is the fear that makes it feel scary but exciting. Whereas Kapia is the fear that your brain thinks it's going to face. <laughs> it thinks that failure and death and non-survival, right? That's what your brain hooks onto when your amygdala lights up and you interpret it as fear. Whereas Ilira is the fear that accompanies awe. This is the part that is scary, exciting. The good news is feeling this way means that whatever it is that causes you to feel this way, this thing matters to you. It is important to you. Because if you felt indifferent about it, then yeah, you will not feel fear nor excitement. You'll be like, oh, indifferent, kind of numb, right? It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything to you. So by you feeling fear or excitement, good news. Number one, you're feeling. <laughs> and number two, this thing matters to you. What's the bad news? <laughs> the bad news is, Yes, it is scary because your brain wants to keep you exactly where you are now. So if you're unhappy, if you feel there's nothing in this life that excites you anymore and you live a very humdrum life, your brain actually wants that for you. It goes, you're safe, man. Being stuck, being stuck where you are and feeling like you're making no progress, your brain is like, great, because look at where you are now. We are safe. We are still here, which means we have survived and this is working. So your brain doesn't care if you're happy, right? Whereas going into the unknown means there's a risk that you will not survive. So trying out something new, stretching yourself, getting out of your comfort zone, your brain is like, uh-uh, we don't want any of that. <laughs> the good news is all you need is a mindset shift. The bad news is, is that this shift actually has to shift years of social conditioning for most of you, which you have gained through the experience from your childhood and as an adult. So think about all the disappointing experiences, all the bad experiences, anything that's negative that you have learned to associate with certain things. So you actually need to shift and flip that which requires practice. Now, the good news is the practice is step by step. So step one, you have to remind yourself that you are not in actual physical danger. Now, in the case of taking a bungee jump, doing a skydive, when I went on holidays, I was calculating risks like, hmm, taking a hot air balloon in this particular country with this particular company. What is their track record? 
even crossing the road, whether you're jaywalking or not, or taking a flight, taking an aeroplane, commercial flight, all of this have risks associated with it, right? But you are taking a calculated risk. And for most of us, when we board a plane, we're not really thinking about the plane ride. Most of us are thinking about the destination, (laughs) how it will feel when we get there. So think about that. Focus on the destination on where you want to be. The third step is to remind yourself and say to yourself, my body is just feeling nervous and excited. Heartbeat is racing, palms are sweaty, but this is just my body feeling nervous and excited. This is a good thing. Now, when you say that to yourself, your brain literally has to build new neural pathways because it's so used to going down the road of, oh no, this is fearful, this is scary, we don't want to go down this path, right? Quick, let's hide, let's find a way to escape. If your brain is used to going down that pattern, that old stuck in a loop route, then by saying to yourself, no, my body is just nervous and excited and this is a good thing, your brain goes, what? And all of a sudden, it has to code and go down new neural pathways. It has to build a new neural pathway because this is unfamiliar territory. A very good example of scary exciting is how we allocate our money. Whether we are thinking we are investing or we are wasting. And this is tied up with scarcity. Of the feeling of there is not enough. It is insufficient. Things are insufficient. Money is insufficient. Now, when we think about how we studied maths back at school, usually a problem sum would be like, oh, if you have 10 apples and you took away one apple, how many apples are left? Nine apples, right? So we are conditioned in this thinking like, if there's this much, we take away this much, then there's less for everybody else. However, The universe wants you to be abundant and 100% supported. This is what the universe wants. If you start to think about abundance and what the universe has, like the number of stars in the sky, the grains of sand at a beach, the blades of grass in a park, just pause and think about that. Doesn't that feel plentiful and abundant to you? Why do we need to think about things being scarce, that there's not enough? And this is kind of why I love the stock market. Everybody can make money. If you make money on a stock, if you make money on Visa or Amazon, everybody can make money on Visa and Amazon. It doesn't mean that if one trader makes money, then another trader has less money to make on that same stock. No, everybody can profit, which is why I love stock trading. However, being able to go from scarcity to one of abundance, this mindset shift requires an identity shift. It requires you to take the leap. And this requires self-trust. You do have a modicum of self-trust already. When you were a toddler, you unknowingly had enough self-trust to learn to walk. And think about this, you have never done it before, right? And yet you still manage to do it successfully, no matter how many times you stumbled and fell on your butt. And so many times as an adult, we think, this is so scary because we've never done it before. And that is one of our excuses. Now, I just want you to go back and think to yourself, hey, 
When I learned to walk, I never did it before. When I learned to ride a bicycle, I never did it before. When I learned how to recite the alphabet, I never did it before. When I first learned how to do long division, I never did it before. But you managed to do those things successfully, right? So think about all the successes you've had. Things that you managed to learn successfully. And I want you to keep a list of things, actually. And I want you to read this list often. Because then you're telling yourself and reminding your brain, hey, we managed to learn new things and we managed to be successful all the time. This new thing that I'm trying to do, this ain't going to be different, right? Tell yourself that. So instead of having the mindset that I have to do this in order to have this, then I can finally be this, right? Like you think, okay, I have to finish all the video modules, finish all the courses, read all the books, watch all the videos, then I can have the skills to then make the money and then I can finally be this full-time successful trader or finally have financial freedom. However, the identity shift is this. You already have to act and be and make the decisions of a successful full-time trader, of a successful businessman, of a person who's calm and in control. And then you make decisions and take action from that place, from that identity. And you're seriously dedicating time to study. Like how would a successful full-time trader be? They would dedicate time to knowing their craft, to knowing their ticker symbol, their stocks. And then they will learn from other successful traders. They will be investing in teachers and they'll invest in coaches because yes, we know that mindset is important. And then you will have the time, the financial freedom and the lifestyle you have always wanted. So instead of, I need to do this, then I'll have this, then I'll finally be this, you need to flip that around. I am already becoming this person and this person takes actions and makes decisions this way and this is how I have all the things that I've always wanted. So, scary, exciting. Do you want to run towards this or do you feel that it's so scary that you're running away from this? So are you approaching it with expansion or are you feeling a contraction in your body? And nobody really wants to feel that, right? Think about going to the dentist. <laughs> Very few people go to the dentist voluntarily for a regular checkup. Most people go to the dentist because they feel so much pain that by this time, they are so willing to pay thousands of dollars and be like, come on, just let me pay you so that you can remove my pain. You can solve my problem. Now, with the feeling of scarcity, people think, oh no, it's money out instead of money in. However, money is energy. It flows in just like it flows out. You're not taking money and putting it under your pillowcase. <laughs> you don't want it to be stagnant, right? You want to have money so that you can spend money. You can spend money on the things that you love, on a roof, on a house that houses your family, the people that you love, and to have time, good times and to be able to buy a birthday cake and have a party and take the day off if you want, right? Quality time with quality people and connections. To have the lifestyle to feel free, that you don't have to worry about, oh, reporting to a boss that you hate. These are the things that you want money for. Not just the money itself, but what you think money represents for you. 
So instead of thinking about things not being enough, that you have to cut down on your expenses, instead, I want you to flip it and think, no, I want to learn how to make more money. Rather than cut down and live a smaller life, I want to learn how to make more money and live a bigger life. So this is how you flip it. So the problem really isn't scarcity. The real problem is, are you allowing yourself to receive? If you don't think that you are worth investing in, then you're actually cutting yourself from possibilities before money even has a chance to flow to you. For myself... When I first thought about getting certified as a life coach from the Life Coach School, tuition is US $21,000. When you convert that in Australian dollars, it's nearly 30000 Australian dollars. <laughs> and I was thinking, whoa, that is a lot of money, right? And it felt scary. But at the same time, I knew how exciting it would be to go through the Life Coach School And I had seen so many really successful life coaches. And to tell you the truth, one of the videos, the testimonial videos I heard was this ex-FBI agent. And when he said, you know, I received a lot of training in my lifetime. And I have to say that the life coach school is one of the best trainings I've ever been through. I was like, oh, blown away, you know. And having traveled in many dangerous countries and trained in Krav Maga and done so many things worldwide, I really trust people like that. I feel like these people are my people. And when he gives such a testimonial, I was like, right, this is the school for me. I don't want some six-week school elsewhere that's like cheapy, a course, done and dusted, and still come out and feel like, no, I should have done this instead because that was what my soul wanted me to do. But the cost of it prohibited me and I pulled myself back. Because I didn't give myself a chance, right? And I didn't want to regret that decision. So I wanted to run towards it, even though it felt scary. But I decided to take the leap. I decided to invest in myself. And I said, you know what? I'm going to make this work. And I did. I pressed click. I pressed buy. I made that first deposit, that first transaction. And you know what? My transformation began with that transaction. So trust your instincts. Think about are you going through expansion or are you going through contraction? Follow the steps. Your heart and your soul knows what to do. All right, my friends. I hope this episode has been useful to you. And yes, I'll see you next week with a bonus episode. Bye.